This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studio in Puerto Aventuras, Mexico. From our well-equipped Dominican Republic facility with Muskoka chairs on a sandy ocean beachfront. And from Peterborough at Lisa's dining room table next to trendy black sticks in a vase. And is brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, Bodog, Kelsey's, and Lender's Choice Mortgages. And now here are two men who have started using business terms to make the show more business-like. So... I'm thinking outside the box regarding the upcoming scope of work to create a win-win situation with my value-added participation to introduce them in a game-changing way. So I'll put a pin in it and with granular analysis bring you the two men who have maximized their core competencies and named this venture after themselves. It's Humble and Fred. That was well done, Dan Duran. Very nice. Very good, Dan Duran. Very good, Dan Duran. Very good. A lot of initiative. Well constructed. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Unfortunately, we have no time left for the program, but that is <laughs> fine. We can't, Delivered we can't, nicely. Can't unpack that. Yeah. yeah. I need a little more microphone from Fred, too. I don't know why. Everyone's a little bit out of... Yeah, everyone's a little bit out of whack uh, today. I don't know why. How's that? How's that? How's that? Well, you know, there's two Freds. There's quiet, you know... Uh, sexy Fred, and then there's loud, uh, angry Fred. So maybe something in the middle. <laughs> sexy, <laughs> you know. Yeah. When you get all um, quiet and sexy. If I may, Dan mentioned black sticks again. He's uh, mentioned that they are black. Uh, brought that back uh, last night uh, down the beach here. Delise and I went out for dinner, and I had what what they call black rice, and it was just outstanding. It had shrimp in it, it had calamari in it, or squid, and it also, in the description on the menu, said squid ink, whatever oh. that is, and I guess that turns the rice black, but it was a, te- a taste sensation, black rice, and uh, yeah, and it had uh, avocado sliced on top with some a tomato, and I think they had spiced up the tomato. It was wonderful. Why can't they just call it rice? Why do they got to be so racist? <laughs> I knew you were going to say yeah, Of course you knew. Um, what is, you what is squid ink? I, I, I know, I've heard it. I mean, I've seen it on, you know, fancy cooking shows. I would imagine maybe it's just the juice off the squid or something that settles and then they, it's the liquid or something. It's well, not, uh, it well, it's not, you know, uh, they don't, no. they don't. They don't jerk off a squid, do they? No, no, they, uh, no, they don't like, jerk squid, off a squid. Squid because you know you, you've seen it in the movies, and you know where, where octopus and, and squid they they squirt ink uh, at you as a defensive move. Do they really? Oh, I didn't that? know that. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that. Well, spend a little more time with nature. <laughs> no, maybe <laughs> I should. Right. How dare you not know? Is that what that's their move? The defensive move is they squirt ink at you. It's pretty lame, pretty, really. Very James Bondy. <laughs> so what, so what, they, what does the squid do? They say, "Hey, you, you want to see this pen?" And all of a sudden, it's like, "Ah, my eye!" <laughs> no, they cloud the water with the ink. So and then, you, and then what? They cloud the water with the ink, and then what? You're just they you're, run away. They oh, I <laughs> they <see>. run away. <laughs> so yeah. So obviously, once they capture or catch the squid, they have a method of getting the ink out. There must be a reservoir or something. Anyway, I don't care what it was. Hmm. I just know it was good. And it was black, black, black. And then the green avocado on top. The presentation was fantastic. Didn't even cost $20. Wow. Food and restaurants down here is pretty cheap. Um, 
Outstanding. Just so, so the point of this is if you're ever in a restaurant and you see black rice, you know, as a, and this was an entree, not an appetizer. It was outstanding. And you ate the whole thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and the last roll of uh, Doll's Godzilla. So I finished mine, and then she couldn't eat the last roll of her sushi Godzilla, so I finished that off. And I had a large Presidente beer, which is like, uh, it's a beer and a half. You know, remember in Quebec, you know, the tall quart bottles they have? Uh, vaguely, you remember sure. those in bars, Howard? Um, vaguely, yeah, sure. Yes, well, they, they're vaguely. quite common down here. And I had one of those. So that was my night. Then I watched the Raptors win. And then I went to You went to watch the Raptors? I thought you watched the Blue Jays. That was afternoon, Howard. Oh, sorry, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, I just sent you to a picture on your WhatsApps. On your WhatsApps. Is that a, a personal experience that you sent us? Yeah. Or is that just, yeah? No, I just sent you Rant. a picture of, of on, I, was, I know this will be a surprise to a lot of people, but I was on the golf course yesterday. Oh. Again, completely out of character. I was on the golf course, and uh, mm. I had heard that they were, there were snakes, on this course I had yet to see one And as we came around a corner uh, There it was And we're talking What is that? Six feet long? That's a real snake My friends That's not like Some little pretend Garter snake Oh that's cute Oh look A little baby snake No Is that a venomous snake? Well so I didn't like ask him Danger? Well I, I, I certainly Wasn't going anywhere near it But I, uh, you can see The end of the snake There's his head and he was, he was facing the opposite way. And I just, we just sort of stood there looking at him like, okay, I'll take a picture of it, but I'm not going any closer. That's the type of snake you see in a Tarzan movie. Yeah, like, because <laughs> there's so many of those. Yeah. So many Tarzan movies. You know what? Just the other day I was in a Tarzan movie and I said, oh, hey, well, look, there's a snake. <laughs> a few of those. Johnny Weissmuller was. Yeah. You know, snakes actually got around his knee. He had to fight them off oh, around yeah. his neck or his. Yeah. Are you going to go back to that? Are you going to go back to before talkies soon? <laughs> 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 but anyway, I saw a snake yesterday. I didn't know what to do. I just took a picture of it. Like most, you know, idiots. I wasn't going near it, though. And do you know what kind it was? Was it like, was it poisonous or rattler? Could anyone tell you that? I, I don't know any of the. I know. I know the answer to none of those. I didn't even know right. that squids squirted ink at people. Either did I until today. There's so much to learn. There is a and lot to guys learn. Guys are Dan. so old. There's still <laughs> so much to learn. And we're running out of time quickly. And the problem with being this age is you could learn that. You could learn about squids and inks and snakes mm-hmm. and all sorts of things. And then tomorrow will be like, I need to learn that again. Mm-hmm. Brand new day. Every day Fresh is a brand new day, exactly. Yeah. But um, uh, this experience, a little restaurant down the, uh, it's called Mesatena, down the beach here. Everything you order there is fantastic, and I love the chicken curry, and I love their, um, you know, the uh, Godzilla I've talked about. Oh my God, we, had, we've I've done had, entire I've episodes had, about Godzilla, right? I love their seared tuna. So you go in the restaurant, and you think, should I go off? You know, should I go off the... I know what you mean. Should I go off my normal yeah. and try something new? And it's yeah. like, well, if it's not good, then I'll regret that I just didn't go to the old, uh, you know, the old familiar The stuff. old standby, yeah. Yeah, the standby. So I 
I went off the off the grid last night and ordered this uh, way off the grid. Oh man! And I ordered this thing and just to calm my eye. And I'm, I'm well. Uh, you know what? As you can tell, I'm still thinking. Well, you make it sound Have you like noticed? You, Have you, you, you I'm still you, thinking about it. Oh, you you make it sound like oh yeah, we went off the grid and and, and ended up at a sex party. It's not like you, you just had you no. just had a different menu item. You know how humiliating that's been over the years. What being at sex parties. Well, when Dawn and I go to sex parties, oh, and yeah. they let her in, yeah. and they don't let me in. That's right. <laughs> and they don't even say anything. A guy just no. puts up his hand, and, you, and we all know what that means. He goes, okay, yeah, not you. And Dawn oh, says, see you in two, Freddie. That's right. I went off the grid. Yeah. I had a different menu item. Oh, this yeah. is terrible. I will tell you, I ate something I rarely do here. I was just was, didn't feel like making myself anything, and I didn't feel like going to a restaurant. And uh, I dropped our friend off. Uh, I went golfing with a friend of ours from the old uh, Edge days. Promo guy we worked with named Mike Rice. Just a super beauty guy. Spent the day with him. And uh, I dropped him off at his car at, at the grocery store parking lot. Why that's germane to this conversation is they have, you know, they have a grocery store. There's a little mini mall there. And they have Chinese takeout. So I thought, oh, you know. That's what I'll get. You know, I'll just have some Chinese, old Chinese takeout. So I just, I'm, I'm only telling you this because of the amount of food that I got for how little it costs. So, you know, you, it's one of those places where you go in and you just point at things and you get three items for a certain amount of money. So I got a, a, a child's head portion size of, of, of noodles, like a huge amount of noodles, about six or seven chicken wings, and a bunch of chicken with vegetables for a hundred pesos, which is like wow. seven bucks, seven eight sure. bucks max. Mm-hmm. If you were here, Dan, which you will be one week from today, mm-hmm. this could have easily fed both of us. <laughs> but, but did I eat my portion and then put your portion away for later? No, I did not. No. Okay. Let's back up. You said it was how many pesos? A hundred pesos. Oh, 100 pesos. Okay. I thought you said seven pesos and seven bucks. Okay. Because I was going to say, when did it go par? But I, I understand now. 100 because, there's, yeah, there's about seven. Yeah. It, it depends where you go. It's just, it's, you know, yeah. the rule of thumb here is a rule of thumb, whatever. Uh, you know, it's standard exchange in most places is around somewhere between seven and eight dollars. Just do the math. It's pretty simple. But yeah. for eight bucks, I got more food than I sh- here Here's because we've been talking the other day, you and I, about portions. But I, I just went overboard because I was so good and I was so hungry and I was like, whatever, I'll just eat it. So I got a similar story. There's a little place across the street here. It's a family right on the road there. And they have this little, you know, food hut. And they have like roast chicken in this roaster. They have uh, fried chicken. They have uh, chicken in a sauce. They have uh, like pork ribs in a beautiful sauce and then rice and beans white rice so a guy here told me he said you go over there he said for 250 pesos they give you a nice portion for lunch it's it's fantastic so me and buddy doug whip over and we're looking at all the stuff and thinking oh that's good we're gonna come back another day for that and remember two 250 pesos so we go there hungry the other day and we're, the woman could just tell we were all excited. <laughs> Usually they dish up for people onto a plate or into the uh, takeout containers. So me and Doug are there looking at this and looking at that. She actually hands us the spoon. 
so we're thinking, really? For 250 pesos? So I got some rice and I got this kind of chicken. I got that kind of chicken. And then I ran over to the roaster and I got him to give me a piece of that. Right? Yeah. And then Doug sits down. I said, what are you talking about? Come over to the roaster and get a piece of chicken. Like, anyway. The long and the short of it, usually two fifty, and I'm my mind. I'm thinking, oh, like which, which is why? What is two hundred and fifty pesos in the Dominican? What is that? That would be about six dollars. Really? Right? Yeah. So, so like three dollars a hundred pesos there. It's a. Uh, it's like four. Uh, it's uh, forty to one. Okay. Okay. Right. Anyway, when we're checking out to pay. I'm thinking this is crazy for two fifty. The woman says six hundred pesos, please. Six hundred each or six hundred for both? Six hundred each. <laughs> <laughs> so the fat boys came to town. To her determination, we more than doubled the portion that we should have had. <laughs> That's it was brilliant. fine. I oh, handled yeah. it. I ate it all. Of course you did. But uh, yeah, like for a normal person, and then Laverne went over like the next day, right, and let them do it it was 250 and what that is for a normal person is some nice rice here and then yes. pick one of the meats and they put the meat beside it and that's 250 yeah it's very nice of course yeah so it ended up being what it's like 12 bucks canadian for you yeah about that yeah that's still not bad oh no that's not bad oh no but just the amount just of gives food you an idea no, the the portion for 250 right is, is a normal person's portion generous. yes Right, and uh, we rung up 600 each. 600 yes. each. Well, and what about you, Dan? Do you eat? What do you eat? Do you have a, do you have a food story, something to add? Do you, do you ever uh, eat more than you should, or do you just eat the right amount every day of your Germanic life? I'm trying to eat the right amount every day, but, you know, like I, I kind of cheated a little. I had a uh, mm. chocolate bar yesterday went, oh, for dinner. I, there was a, you had a chocolate a, bar uh, for dinner? Has it gotten that bad? <laughs> no, I was out doing theater guild work. Oh and yes, I came back and Lisa's son had made a lovely dinner in a frying pan and uh, some noodles and some chicken and stuff. And I took a, a portion. I felt like going back and having another huge portion, but I thought, you know, mm. I will wait. Yeah. I don't need that. I had a chocolate bar today. I wasn't so. So I, I practiced a little self discipline. Hmm. Which, uh, you know, I you know, good about after, you know, about an hour. I thought I, that's a, the right decision to, to make. Right yeah, now. most days I do. I just tell me that's the, the conversation we had. And I guess it was yesterday about like I I didn't didn't have the extra portion of my brother's food. But when I'm on my own and I was watching some made up golf nonsense last night on television and so I was just sitting there and I was, it was tasting so good. But I think that's the problem is when I'm when I'm distracted while I eat. I just kept eating. I just couldn't stop eating. And I went back and there was still like, honestly, if I showed you how much food they gave me, that's part of, that's one of the reasons I, I started this conversation because for whatever it was, $8 Canadian, it was well enough for two people. Right. And I just sat there watching the golf thing, eating this Chinese food. And then of course, if we're being honest and I'm want to be, I had leftover lemon pie. I had that too. Yeah. I had it. Uh-huh. It was a pretty nice sized piece of lemon pie too, Dan. <clears throat> a gastronomic wonder. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it felt I've great too. I've, I've fallen off the rails a bit here because at, at home at night, I like to have a couple of uh, squares of dark chocolate, like 85, 90%. Yeah, yeah, we know. And it's hard to find that down here. Mm. So I've, the stuff we've been getting is like about 40%. And then it's, it starts to taste more like milk chocolate or, or, 
you know, sweet, dark chocolate. But it has these hazelnuts in it. Oh, my God, it's good. And it's 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 good, but it's not good. Yeah, I can't buy. I mean, I had uh, I bought M and M's a couple times. By the way, dude, I, I again, I know you're doing sexy Fred voice, but your uh, low- I don't know what I'm saying. I'm not. Do, do, doing t- sexy t- turn it up a little bit. Wow. Yeah, I know. This well, is listen, the highest I'm, it's ever been. Well, I can just tell you, looking at the meter okay. here. All right, you know, Dan shows great restraint. When it comes to food, because he has these nightmares where he wakes up in the middle of the night screaming because mm. he dreams he's a fat guy, you know? <laughs> oh, no, I know. It's he a, he's the, ah, yeah. It's a, the yeah, worst he, thing that could happen. Yeah. Yeah. He dreams he's this big, fat, obese guy, and it just it, it rips terror through him. Oh, it's, uh, well, seriously. He's, he's, he's literally, what happens is he wakes up in the middle of the night, he's eating his pillow. He's like, oh, no, <laughs> I'm overeaten. <laughs> Dan, I saw a well, story. There, right? I saw a story. I don't have it in front of me. I, I deleted it, but I have been saving it for a few days. But the point of the story was that there was an airline. I think it was Finland Air. Finlandia was yes. was under some heat because they were weighing the passengers. Normally, airlines, what they do is they weigh your your baggage. As part of the weight and balance of an airplane. Right. I think most people would un- have, a, have a notion that, you know, the, the airplane can't weigh more than it can handle. So what, what airlines do and have traditionally done is they assume a weight. So if you're a male or a female in winter, this is how they do it. They're, they they um, account for a male or female in winter wearing winter clothing and they give you a number. But Finlandia has literally started to actually weigh its passengers so, you know, oh, so wow. that the overweight people aren't making the airplane too heavy to fly. How has that not become a real, like, uh, social issue? Well, that's it what it is. It's become a huge yeah. social issue because, you know, the people who don't want to be weighed don't want to be weighed. Well, then don't fly Finlandair. When I when I was flying the little small planes I flew, I used to have to. It was a little uncomfortable at times because I'd you know take somebody flying and they would want to sure. bring their girlfriend or wife. And in a small plane, it's not an estimate. You need to know exactly how wow. much weight you you're carrying because it's a you very do, hey, well, absolutely because wow. the amount of well, first of all the, the plane can only hold so many pounds. You mm-hmm. know to the, the 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 easy way to think of it if if this say it's two thousand pounds. So the, the plane can only get up to 2,000 pounds or it won't fly properly. So you have to calculate weight of the fuel you're going to take, how far you're going to fly, and how much the people you're going to take weighs. And I used to say to guys, okay, listen, you're bringing your girlfriend or whatever. That's fine. But I need to know what she weighs for real, not an estimate. <laughs> yeah. And that wow. can be uncomfortable. Well, it's probably to be a, a little bit more energy efficient when you're flying a plane and you're compensating for, you know, a weight that doesn't exist. Like, you know, you're overcompensating and you're carrying more fuel than you need to. And uh, there's probably more consumption of the fuel, right? Well, I, I would suppose, listen, airlines have, again, their traditional way airlines operate is that they have an assumptive weight for human beings, but they, they don't assume what the cargo weighs because that's so they have to know that to the to the pound, which is right. why they weigh your baggage. Not your baggage, Dan. <laughs> no one's weighing <Yeah>. that. <laughs> but uh, they have to weigh the regular folks' uh, baggage. Right. 
Well, now, I remember. I remember hearing stories of like drug smugglers from Jamaica and that putting too much uh, pot dope in planes, getting greedy, and then going down because of the weight. Yeah, those, lots of those stories. Those smaller yeah. planes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's Fin Air. Is it Finlandia? Fin I, th- I think Finlandia is at vodka or something. I believe. Okay, you know, you know what? Right. Thank yeah, you for that, Dan. Yeah, Finlandia is not weighing their customers. They don't give a shit. But right. Finnair, that was the story. I, and I, mm-hmm. you made me think of it, Fred, because of Dan's distaste for the overweight and legendary. Another yes. uh, another airline story that that uh, I was reading about is that a Diversion. lot of. Oh, hang on a second, Fred. Is that a little Dan Duran diversion? <laughs> Dan Duran mm-hmm. diversion sound. All right, Dan. Let's take the attention off your distaste for the fat and move it on to something else. Yes. That there are international airports in Canada being one of them. I think they did a test pilot of this Air Canada did in Vancouver. Facial recognition, facial recognition yes. technology has come along so far that they're using it now instead of passports for mm. identification. So for getting nice. on the plane, they just look at your face and plug you in there. And I think there's more uh, international passport. Uh, well, well, yeah, the you know customs and immigration when you go through that, they're starting to use that there as well. But it, it but for the airlines. From the uh, from you know when you check in to the gate and all that those mm-hmm. it saves them about fifteen seconds per passenger so doing it that way so that that's one of the uh, adds up it adds up when you got you know three hundred mm-hmm. people on the plane or something so sure anyway what do you guys think about that is that does it make you start to feel a little bit nineteen eighty four no I don't care about stuff like that because to me like. <laughs> Like, wouldn't, shouldn't anti-vaxxers or uh, care about stuff like that, too? Like, you know what I mean? Like, my invasion of my privacy telling me what to do. And, no, I think, I think, you know, in the spirit of the rule, it's for the betterment of all. So, it's fine. If I want to travel, that's the deal. Plus, what have I got to hide? How many times have we said this on the show? But that's my take. Yours, Howard? I don't have any problem with it, obviously. I mean, I have Nexus, you know, I, so I have a, you know, there the, the, the three stages of identification. Mm-hmm. Are, you know, you've got a driver's license, you've got a mm-hmm. passport, and then Nexus basically is a way of saying to the security personnel that you have been vetted uh, an extra yeah. step. And I can tell you that mm-hmm. if, if it, you know, we've talked about it on the show, Dan, both on this show and the legendary Aging with Energy, the old guy's travel show produced by Humble and Fred. And um, it really does make the traveling much easier. Like mm-hmm. when I came down here a month ago, just walking through the there was nobody in the Nexus line. That that step saved me more than 15 seconds. So if there was a way to save everybody time, would you not take it, Daniel? I start to get a little bit weirded out by the constant tracking. I mean, you are. I mean, I know that there's a certain amount of tracking being done right now, but I feel uncomfortable with every aspect of my life being monitored by mm. something. And then, you know, anyway, and, and there's a, you know the cases of mistaken identity and yeah, stuff. Yeah, okay. But, but, you know, the, makes, cat, the, the, the cat's out of the bag, the horse is out of the barn. You know, the cows are in the field. Long, the donkey's in the sideshow. Long before now. <laughs> yes. They created the ability to track every move you make. So, you know what I mean? So, if, if you're trackable or you need to be tracked, they can do it. The if fox, you don't... 
I wouldn't sorry. worry about the it. The chickens have come home to roost. The fox is in the hen house. The giraffe <laughs> oh, is in the zoo. The lion is in the pen. Dan, mm-hmm. I understand why yeah. you have reticence around this issue because, as we've said recently, you're on the run from the law. You, I, I get it. You don't. <laughs> you, you, we understand why you're. Uh, you don't want anyone to know it's you. And as far as mistaken identity, okay, I mean. How often that comes up and who would, how many people that would be affected? You know, I, I, know, I know a guy. I know a guy. You know a guy. Everyone Actually, knows I know a guy. a couple of guys. I know of a couple fat of guys. Fat guys. <laughs> fat guys. <laughs> oh, no. If Dan knows him, if Dan knows him, he know fat guy. I was right. talking to him last night. His name is John Robertson. Ah. I know John. John Robinson. So John. Oh, John Wait, is, is his name uh, John Robinson or John Robertson? John. Robinson. Robinson. And where do we know him? Robinson. Robinson. John Robinson. John Robinson. Okay. uh, Peterborough was founded by Peter Robinson, right? So there's a lot of Robinsons around here. So John actually used to work at Sears, and he said there was, was at the same time, there was four John Robinsons working there. Wow. And he had problems with some sort of, uh, you know, like a security check. And uh, I think he, when he travels, he has to. He he got his finger. Uh, he got fingerprints because there's a, a John Robinson that has done bad things in the world. Sure, which has his initial middle initial is the same. So he has been confused. He gets flagged. He gets flagged all the time. Okay. So he has to prove he's yeah, not. Yeah, but with that. facial with facial recognition, he wouldn't. It would solve the Robinson problem. Right. And not only that, but I that's an under that's a situation where I understand that. There's a guy with my name and he's a bad guy. I've got nothing to hide, so of course I'll cooperate. That's fine. I understand. Like I how is that an issue? By the way, knowing Peterborough, all four of those uh, John Robinsons have the same mother. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <It's>... What? What? <laughs> She named them all John. She named them all John. That's yes. right. She just ran out of good ideas. That's not confusing. Um, is there, Dan, I just want to, it's funny. Again, it's strange how these things happen. Another story I had flagged for you guys was the, this is a strange, because you've now you've, this is the perfect segue to there's a guy who is running an online support group for people named Trevor. Hmm. This is true. It's according to the uh, Guardian. He says, Trevor's are fighting back against the nerd stigma that's tainted us so long. I had no idea that Trevor's felt this way. So Trevor's a nerd name? I I didn't. I don't actually. I didn't know either. But apparently this is uh, the story I found. I thought it was interesting. It says, uh, growing up uh, in the 70s, it seemed that there was a TV, that if there was a TV character who was a bit of a geek, he would be called Trevor. We're not seen as heroic or glamorous. It was hurtful enough to make me wish I had a different name. And I relate to that because, as I've said, you know, there's zero, zero heroes named Howard. There have been uh, heroic Dans, for sure. Um, Fred's uh, everywhere. Fred's everywhere. But uh, maybe this guy in Peterborough, maybe John, the Robinsons of Peterborough might, you know, have a, a support group. For the fact yeah, that everyone there should, is named yeah, that. should get get it going for the John Robinson. Do you show. guys know any Trevors? I did uh, back in the yeah. uh, Edge days. A guy named uh, very funny guy actually named Trevor Hammond. Do you know any Trevors? Yes, as a matter of fact, um, 
a kid I grew up with. His name was Trevor, and he became a psychologist. <laughs> See, I don't know the childhood trauma. Well, right, and he he practices in and around the Peterborough area. And I don't know if I told you a story, but ten years ago, um, he when I was working at the uh, at the Wolf, he called me. He found out I was working there, and we went out for lunch. He's the guy that he was. He started the uh, Neil Young. Um, Hall of Fame in Omimi. He was ah. the guy that put that all together. Oh, him! Big fan of, big fan of Neil of Neil Young. Nice. Anyway, we went out for lunch, and then you know we corresponded a bit, and then a couple of days, he a couple of times he phoned me, and I didn't return his call. So finally, when he got a hold of me, I heard like for the next fifteen twenty minutes, he was talking about what have I done? Did he do something wrong? Can he uh, can he fix the situation? Wow. <laughs> I said, buddy, it's it's fine. I just didn't. I'm busy. I just didn't get to the call. Oh, but let me know if I've done something wrong. Oh, you know, I'm sure we can fix it. And uh, yeah. And uh, after that, I really. <laughs> Jesus. I really didn't care to continue the relationship. So he's a psychologist helping people get over there. Yes. <laughs> um, and he, and he, you say he works in uh, Peterborough. Yeah. I wonder if he offers Robinson's a discount. Like a bulk <laughs> discount for coming in as a group. Wow. Uh, so back to the, your story of uh, lunch with this guy. Who paid? Oh, I think I did. I did because uh, the deal was he was going to give passes to the uh, Neil Young Hall of Fame. Oh, nice. And we were, we were going to give him away on the uh, on the wolf. And his his goal was to one day get Neil Young to come to the museum. And it was fa- it was very very well put together. I know you've told me about it. He bought this little building, and anyway, it was all the paraphernalia and stuff, and it was quite impressive. Neil Young's brother Bob went there several times, but it really he wasn't it's the, not same the same as thing. Having Neil there, no, exactly. But, um, but but you know, I think I heard in retrospect just before it closed down some time ago because he eventually closed it down that Neil actually did wander in one day. Oh, not sure of that, but I think I heard that. Um, before I forget, and because uh, I want to give these away on Thursday, we had Spenny on yesterday. My kid has got a uh, show at uh, Sketchfest. It's March seventh, and so what I'm going to do, if you want to go, just send us an email. Home Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. On Thursday, during the email show, uh, we'll announce the winner. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy a ticket. We'll buy a ticket for them. Uh, so I won't buy the ticket until I find out who it is. So Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. If you want to see Spencer Glassman, Child Star, March 7th at the... A comedy, comedy bar. bar, and don't and don't if you don't if you can't go or something in the city is scary, whatever. Just because I'm going to buy the, I'm we're going to buy, we're going to buy <laughs> the ticket. Scary. The city's scary for a lot of people, Dan. Yeah, Especially yeah. where you know comedy bar. It's very it's a grungy part of uh, Bloor Street, so it's not really actually. Isn't anyway, a comedy, is a comedy bar on on Bloor? Or is it more on Danforth? No, it's yeah. there's it's a comedy bar. There's one on there's one on the East End, the original yeah. room. Is on Bloor Street. There's two oh, okay. rooms in the comedy bar. There's the main room where she's performing, and there's a smaller sort of studio room. Uh, right. Both stages I've been on doing stand up, and now here she is on her own doing her thing. Anyway, the Smart Seventh, if you want to go, Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. Just uh, put in the subject line, uh, whatever, Spencer or Comedy Bar or something, and that's how we're going to give it away. Um, okay, so I think we've got a we've got a good opening here. That's probably and and by the way, for you people who were joined us, 
as the pro- when the podcast started today. It's different than what was on Facebook. If you want to hear some stuff that happened prior to, there's about four or five minutes we did prior to. If you want to, and just, that's always fun. Some people do. They go back and they watch the show. The video is on, not just live streaming on Facebook, live, but you can also go back and visit the program. I wanted to make that point because oftentimes people who want to see us for some reason uh, have an opportunity to actually watch the show. By the way, if we're going back a little bit on the show, uh, we talked about Tarzan movies. There was about 43 Tarzan movies made since the beginning of time. And uh, when was the last one made would be my question. Uh, 2016, I think. But the the first ones were in the sun. The first seven were in the silent movie days. Yeah. To me, Tarzan movies, it's Johnny Weissmiller or nothing. The ones before, the ones after didn't cut it for me. It was all about Johnny. I love those yeah. movies. Okay. Remember Cheetah and Cheetah boy. and boy. Jane. Boy. And boy. And boy. Yeah, that's great. We've talked about this before though, but I always thought that was great that Tarzan so Tarzan and Jane Dan had a son. And Tarzan being the primitive boy, you know, man who was raised in a jungle. But he he's he called his he called his monkey Cheetah, which is weird because that's a, a a cat. But he right. ran out of good ideas for the son at boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just a correction there, Howard. Him and Jane did not have the child. Where did boy come from? It was a plane crash. Or oh, something, okay. And they found the baby. Right. Okay. So they found the baby. Thank you. And not that of, it wrecks your bit. No, not no, that it wrecks your bit. It does. It doesn't. Listen. It, does, it doesn't even matter the bit because it's even. It's still dumb. All the things in the forest right. in the jungle he could have named the kid. And Monkey got a great name, Cheetah. Mm-hmm. Boy got just boy. It's like, come on, Tarzan. You know. Remember the tortures in those movies they would show? They used to get <laughs> natives. They used to, right? Yes. And, they'd bend, and what? They'd stake the guy's one leg to the ground, right? And then bend a tree over and tie his leg to the bent over tree mm-hmm. and then release the tree. <laughs> This is in a Tarzan movie? Ripped. Oh, yeah. Rip the guy in two. They didn't show the guy being ripped in two, but just imagine that. Like big trees, bend them right over and yeah. then release the trees. Ah. I love imagine. how uh, it's uh, the 27th of February in 2024, and we're breaking down some Tarzan movies from the 1930s. <laughs> Why not? Why not? <laughs> people. Where's the rules? You know, the thing yeah. is, when, when I don't know, you get asked, I got asked all the time down here, and people will meet me, and they'll be like, I was at my brother's place. He had a bunch of people over, and I was there. Mm-hmm. Again, trying to do an impression of what a human being is like. And uh, people were talking, <laughs> doing conversation things. And it comes up, someone says, well, what, is your, what do you talk about on your show? And I always get, it's always an awkward moment. Like, I'm not really sure what we talk about. And then, and then, because this is what we talk about. We talked about food and Tarzan movies. Yeah, well, sure. Why not? Tarzan like escapes. Tarzan's Revenge. Tarzan oh, yeah. finds a son. Were you ever a newsman in a Tarzan movie? <laughs> <laughs> you know, no. I just get yeah, I just fine. get warm warm feelings of, you know, being sitting around the TV with my dad and my brother and watching Tarzan movies. No, I Scarborough know. black and white, snowy picture. Ah. You know how I know you get warm feelings? Oh. Because you put on your sexy friend voice. 
That was my reminiscing. <laughs> no, but it's very close to your quiet, sexy friend voice. Um, <laughs> All right. I'm sorry, Dan. Fred. Go through the. Please well, do well, this. Gonna mention, go I don't through know the Fred chronology. Remembers. Actually, we you know what? We, I'd love to spend the next 20 minutes doing this, but we actually have. To get going, we've got a guest uh, coming up in a few minutes. We've got to okay, get some right. business done. We'll talk about Tarzan and the Leopard Woman another time. Then. Why don't oh. we do that? Yeah. And uh, maybe someone can find out why Tarzan ran out of good names for his kid at boy. Tarzan and the Mermaids. Wow. Dan, why don't you uh, take a break? Uh, come back. Uh, we've got uh, Mike Kazarian from Lender's Choice Mortgage uh, coming up later in the pro- program. Thank you. Um, and... Um, a, a very bright uh, former Toronto broadcaster, Bruce Dobigan, makes his return to our program. Coming up here shortly, but first, Freddie, let's talk about these fine folks. Well, you know, Tim Niblett is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors uh, Protection Fund. And uh, in recent times, we've been welcoming uh, Sherpa 2 to the program, who is Jay Bondi. He will be by tomorrow, and we will be talking about planning and projections. Remember... If you have a portfolio, you're not happy with the performance or you question it, always, it's a great idea to get a second opinion. Uh, Tim Niblett or Jay Bondi will give it a look and tell you where you're at, whether you're on track. Listen, no um, strings attached, no obligations. They will do that for you. Uh, tomorrow, planning and projections, you know, getting motivated to, to engage or re-engage in the process of looking after your future and all that goes with it. You know, goal setting, huge. This is what Jay will be talking about tomorrow. And again, if you have a portfolio want to have uh, somebody have a second look at it, these are the people to talk to. Jay Bondi, Tim Niblett, retirementsherpa.ca. And we often say if you're, if you're talking to this Sherpa or your Sherpa, have them look into Boron One. I've been giving you some updates. Some news is happening at Boron One. Several different things. If you go to the Boron One page at boronone.com, all kinds of stuff. Announces early warrant exercise incentive program. Update to that. Application for a new Gerandol Basin Exploration License. And all this adds up to the fact that, as we've been saying all along for the last year, This is a very rare junior mining company that is actually on the verge of getting boron, of getting a mineral out of the ground, which is so, the the odds against it are crazy. Like one in a thousand companies that start, and this is years, years in the making that get to this point, uh, might become an option for you as an investment. We always say that. We make no claims about potential stock prices. All we can do is uh, have you support the companies that support us. And look at the latest news from Boron. Boron 1 at boron1.com. Okay. All right. You know, um, we have to get uh, Tim Daniels back on the show because there's so many things happening there that I need um, explaining. So I would like to, uh, I'm going to send a note to him after the show. And uh, because they're now in a position where there would be not now, but they're getting into this position where some things are going to be you know happening with that company, and we should uh, we should definitely uh, pass that on to the listeners, listeners. The least we can do exactly. Um, I'm just I'm just waiting to see if Bruce is going to be in the uh, 
waiting room anytime soon. What uh, I think th- he's I think he's in Toronto, if I'm not mistaken. But he's uh, visiting. Wh- where would people yeah, remember? just maybe for for a couple? Of, we can. What was he on CBC for many years? Is that where we see him? Yeah, it was a CBC sportscaster. Yes, he was. And uh, yeah. Uh, and then he moved out to Alberta. Yeah, he won a couple of Gemini's, I think, for yeah. like sportscaster, TV sportscaster of the year, and uh, he had a fine reputation. Well, has a fine reputation. Yeah, very bright guy. He was a very bright guy. Um, did a, you know, I hate that. You know, like a thinking man sportscast, if I can use that term. Sort of Bob Costas, Costas ish. Yeah. I don't know if he'd like that comparison, but why not? But then again, Bob Costas thinks exactly <laughs> the extreme opposite to uh, Bruce when it comes to, you know, political and social and woke issues. I went to uh, Bruce's website and I perused it and lots of, you know, what I liked about it. And I'll say this when we get him here, but mm. it's not completely one note. You know, it, it's no. It's not as extreme as, you know, I had sort of thought it might be because of what you and I had spoken to. But it's it's pretty smart. It's a lot of, uh, here he is. It's a lot of, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's varied. And, and it's not just this, you know, anti-vax, anti-this, anti-woke, anti-anti. It's, uh, it's pretty thoughtful. How I got there as I was doing some research. What are you researching? I, well, I was reading about the Women's Professional Hockey League, and right. somehow I just ended up on the site, and he had written an article, article pertaining to a lot of thoughts I had about its ongoing success and what it will take to, you know, everybody's caught up in the excitement right now and the newness of it, but will it, what will it take for this league to survive long term? And I agreed with what he, a lot of what he said, and then... You know, I scroll down a bit and I see stuff like, oh, why well, he's still on this. Yeah. Okay. Well, his uh, website is called notthepublicbroadcaster.com. And as soon as his audio connects, uh, I see him. I, I can see uh, the name Bruce Dobigan. Bruce D- Dobigan. It's not, it's Dobigan. Yeah, it's Dobigan. Yeah. Dobigan. But uh, I don't see him connecting yet. No, maybe he's just, you know, um, maybe he thinks it's early, although it is. Done. No, no, it's, it's uh, we're ready. We're it's ready to go. Yes. We're eight. We're ready to roll with uh, Bruce. So uh, I won't, uh, I won't, I'll say no Hello. more. There he is, Bruce. Uh, finally, oh, we can, uh, and um, let's just wait to buttons on this stupid site. And I pressed 17 of them before I got to the one that worked. Can you get to the right. camera first at any point? Yeah. You want a camera? Oh God. I look awful. All right. Oh, don't be okay, all TV guy. Look at us. Mm. Oh yeah. You have the backlighting. Your backlighting is just terrible, awful. Terrible stuff. Hang on. Come on. You're on TV. Go, go to the other side of that room. See, he knows all about backlighting. Exactly. There he is. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I'm in Florida, by the way. Are you? Oh, Florida. I'm in oh. Jupiter, Florida. Just, uh, North of uh, West Palm Beach, and uh, oh. near where they're having the uh, spring training for the Marlins and the, and the right. Cardinals and the Astros and the who else? Is hey, well, somebody else. So, well, Fred, Florida, you must be really comfortable there, eh, Bruce? Yeah. Let me let, let's get to the intro. Fred's in uh, Fred's in the Dominican. I'm in Mexico, so uh, nobody's in Canada. Cool. But we are broadcasting to our humble and Fred audience, and let's. Uh, 
get the uh, actual introduction. As uh, we've been talking about the last couple of minutes, Bruce is a uh, former CBC Gemini award-winning sportscaster, a uh, very bright guy, uh, probably too smart for sports. <laughs> um, and as I've mentioned recently, he uh, has uh, a very interesting website. It's called notthepublicbroadcaster.com. He is the man, Bruce Dobig, and welcome back to our program, Bruce. They, they should have had the Killers play halftime at the Super Bowl. Absolutely. They're a yeah. Vegas band. Can you imagine them starting the halftime show with that song? Isn't that the greatest? This is why the three of us are the smartest guys on earth. We understood mm-hmm. that. Of course, we don't live it. We're not in, in Canada at the moment. But the only that. problem is, Bruce, if it was the Killers at the Super Bowl, women around the world would not run to the television at halftime that would oh be I, I beg to disagree my daughter tells me all oh, my daughter okay. tells me very hot and he's the lead singer's very sexy guy i guess oh okay i don't know these things i'm just an old guy now. So where you 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 are in florida but uh we were just sort of trying to get to your origin story before you signed on you were in toronto yep. for many years and then what brought you to what part where are you in alberta I'm in Calgary now. Well, I think I'm like you. I grew up in Montreal the first 20 years of my no, life. No, no, I'm, you're, I'm you're from Montreal. No, no, I'm from Moose Jaw, dude. Moose Jaw. I'm well, from. I'm, I'm, from I'm a Western. Well, because I worked in Montreal before I started working with Fred, but I'm okay, Western well, Canadian. As, right. uh, so yeah, I grew yeah. up in Montreal 20 years, then a bunch of time in Toronto, then moved to Calgary in 1998, where I've been since since then, living at the foot of the Rockies. Yeah, it's something else out there, isn't it? It's interesting. It's a very interesting place. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 I enjoy. You know what? There's things about it I can't yeah. stand still, but there are things that that I really like about it. And uh, now it's not the weather. The weather is not one of those things, as you know, from living did, on the prairie. Did you when you first? Because well, here's a, I, there's a lot of Canadians where I am here in Mexico. I'm in the uh, between Playa del Carmen and Tulum in a village or a village or a pueblo. But uh, a lot of Canadians here. And when I they yeah. ask me where I'm from, a lot of Calgarians, I should say, when they ask me where I'm from, I always lead with Moose Jaw. Because I've learned from over time, if I say I'm from Toronto, they get this sour face. So when you moved, and then when they find out I'm from Moose Jaw, it's all, it's fine. And I've yeah. lived in Calgary too, Bruce. So when you first yeah. moved there, was a little bit of that Toronto stink on you? Oh, of course. Still. Still. I mean, uh, they, the first uh, stampede that I covered, they had a crash in the, in the, uh, the, the derby. And uh, a couple of horses were killed. And I think maybe even one of the guys was killed. Anyway, it was a terrible accident. And I was writing my column, and I just said, well, you know, these I don't mind these guys doing this stuff, but this isn't family entertainment. If you're going to have people killed, they mm-hmm. shouldn't be in the middle of the stampede. Well, some guy who'd been there, who's a lifelong Calgarian, basically wrote his column in the sun and ripping into me as an Eastern dilettante. And he said, you wouldn't know a Charolais from a Chardonnay. Go back east. <laughs> wow. So, so, what so is yes, it you, I had that. What What is it you don't like about Alberta now? Because the feel I get is that you've bought in a bit to sort of that mentality. What is the what is the what's the problem? Um, well, we just elected a wingnut mayor. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, she would she would fit in very well in the east. She'd, we have we've urbanized in Calgary to a certain extent, but no, I mean, like like all places, there's a community that that just is hunkered down and doesn't want to change with the times. 
uh, and, and and still sort of uh, doesn't want to uh, doesn't want to uh, accept other things. So there is that there is that that uh, portion of the population. But I, I find the people are really generous. I find they're really straightforward. There's not a lot of irony in Albertans, as you mm-hmm. can tell from the news that comes out of here. Right. And right. Uh, by the way, we just drove through Moose Jaw on our way south. I'll wave at it when I come back. When I drive back, we, we went through. That's the, what the most people, people do. They they drove through Moose Jaw. Is what I hear all the time. <laughs> you know, I liked Moose Jaw. I, I've been there a couple of times. Uh, I think the top of the, the some hotel is where Peter Zosky did his last yep. radio show. And yep. the, anyway, uh, I, I kind of liked it as, as prairie cities go. Yep. But anyhow, so it's it, it can be that way. But as I say, I like people. I like I like their openness and and their sense of uh, their sense of still wanting to to try to do stuff. All right. Well, you know, uh, in the East, the way it plays out, what's going on in Alberta seems a bit extreme. And it's uh, sort of that they want to become Americans or that American mentality or that MAGA mentality is sort of the way it reads out here. Is that true? Well, I mean, what I was going to say is that uh, having lived in Toronto for 30 years, I love Toronto. My my -hmm. kids are there. My grandkids are there. I have tons of friends, loved, loved a lot of what happens in Toronto. And I would never lower myself to tell Torontonians what to do or what to believe right. in anymore. If you want to have nothing but but uh, bike lanes, uh, if, you, if you want to believe all of the things that Torontonians believe in now, go, fill your boots. God mm-hmm. bless you. The problem mm-hmm. that we've got in the country is that the national media is based in Toronto. All the business people are based in Toronto. Uh, all, the, all of the arts people are based in Toronto. And they take their cue from what they see around them. And they say, well, this, this must be reality. And we get this mm-hmm. sent to us outside. Now, uh, as I said, this isn't the first time I've lived outside of Toronto. So I've always mm-hmm. sort of come at Toronto with this, this feeling of being lectured to, to a certain extent, living in, Cal- living in Calgary now, but living in Quebec growing up. And that, uh, that there, there is a sense now that... Uh, the media and the messages and things that are coming out of Toronto are not, they don't represent Canada, per se, all of Canada, per se. They represent Toronto. You know, I've had this conversation similar to with, a, again, there's a bunch of Calgarians and Western Canadians here. And one of the things, again, growing up in Western Canada, and I grew up, one of the reasons I'm not a Leaf fan is I grew up hating Montreal and Toronto because that's all we saw on Saturday night. So I grew up as a Boston yeah. Bruins fan. The problem with the country is most people haven't done what you've done or what I've done. I've lived in five provinces. So if, if, you. if your world is only Toronto, you think that the rest of the country is similar as well. But the problem with the rest of the country is, you know, most people in B.C. haven't been out here. Most people in Quebec, as you know, have barely crossed the border into Ontario. The country's so big that our perspective is so fractured because most Canadians don't get around much. Yeah, and I made it. One of the reasons I moved to Calgary was because I thought if I was going to be Canadian, I work in journalism, I had to kind of speak from some authority having lived in different parts of the country. Mm-hmm. So I have a brother who's been in Charlottetown for 30 years, so I have a sense of the Maritimes. I lived in Quebec. I lived in Sherbrooke in the eastern townships for a while. I lived in Montreal, now Calgary. I lived in Edmonton in the 1950s. Anyway, the idea was if you're going to understand Canada, you, you have to sort of experience the, the experience that other people have uh, across the country. And you know, the sentiment in Quebec right now, frankly, is they'd be just as happy if Quebec left the country. It's not bitter. It's not mad anymore. It's not like the referendums. People in, in, in Alberta, to some extent, are almost cheering on Quebec 
in getting rights and getting more determination over their everyday life. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's what I mean about them being open to certain ideas that obviously are anathema in, 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 in mm-hmm. Ontario. The problem with that, Quebec, Alberta, is just not realistic because what it would take to get there is just it would just be a shit show, a clusterfuck. It It'd would be, be tough. It'd be tough. No, absolutely. It would be. Um, so part of the reason uh, we wanted to re-engage, because when we last left off, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, uh, you know, you were, I, I'm not going to say a supporter, but I guess you at literally endorsed Donald Trump and that movement down there. And uh, a lot, a lot has changed in the last few months. So we just thought we'd get an update. Well, I've, where, where I've, I've never endorsed Donald Trump. I understand who he is. I think what mm-hmm. I've always tried to do is try to explain what, how he became the president and how he latched onto a bunch of issues in the Republican base mm-hmm. that even the Republicans didn't want to get and found to his surprise, and probably the surprise of the world, that was enough people to get you elected president in the United States. Mm-hmm. And the people who run the United States on a daily basis, that would be people in Washington and New York, were so PO'd, instead of taking a lesson from that and saying, well, what are we, you know, maybe we're missing something here. Instead of doing that, they spent four years trying to impeach him, put him in jail, do this, do and all, all the stuff that they've done. And, and they made him a sympathetic figure for a lot of people when he, he's not a sympathetic guy. He's, he, he runs over his friends. He's not loyal, etc. He He's sort of like John Diefenbaker. He, you know, mm-hmm. he can't manage a government. And, and so I have no great, great uh, love for Donald Trump, but I, I, I do try to understand the people who support him and why they are PO'd with Washington and, 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 uh, and New York City and why people here in Florida, for instance, have, have started to vote more and more Republican. Right. Uh, why they're doing that. And, and Fred and I. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Tyler. I was going to say, in, in, in talking about what we would talk to you about, you know, we're always fascinated by. And I'm, I'm, again, I've read some of your stuff. And again, I, what you did pretty well is to explain why he why he has the support he has. So maybe yep. for the next couple of minutes, maybe you can help us out because clearly there is a conversation to be had about what is his appeal. And maybe you could explain that. Well, all three of us have worked in the media and and I think we'd agree you had to understand how the media works, you have to work, work in it for a while to, to, to see how things happen, how stories are decided, how things happen. You have to kind of understand the media. And I think the big thing in Trump's life was was uh, The Apprentice, was understanding how TV worked and how it could work for him. I saw an interview recently with him that he did with David Letterman about 20, 25 years ago. And he was restrained. He was funny. He was a guy who said, hey, this is a guy I'd vote for, for president. This was yeah. not this idiot. But I think what happened with, with, with uh, uh, The Apprentice and uh, sort of the meltdown of media is I think he understood that all the rules were gone. He, he understood that he could remake rules or he could make new rules that would help him become the president. And part of I think part of the reason he wanted to be president was because everybody in New York knew him to be, you know, <laughs> a, a bit of a loose cannon, mm-hmm. etc. And they never would respect him. And he said, the way I'm going to be respected is to be president of the United States. Well, then he found out that didn't work. But anyway, he reinvented the, the, the dialogue between the, the, the public and, and public officials. And there's still lots of people who, who aren't onto that, who don't understand what's happened. And, and, and our whole thing, our fungible notion of what is truth and what is fact anymore, has completely gone out the window. He's largely responsible for yeah, it. I agree. Biden's 
catching up here in, in rapidly. And, and so we're in a whole new world where you, on a daily basis, everything gets reinvented. And he understands. The way, I, I try to explain him to uh, people out west, and I say, that's what Harold Ballard was like when Ballard ran the Leafs. Every day he sort of reinvented the narrative of what was going on. It wasn't what's good for the Leafs. It wasn't what's, you know, how do they get And better? he destroyed them. And he did, as, as, yes. as, as, to a certain extent, he destroyed him. If I may jump in, this media th- thing you talk about, I find it a bit confusing because the stuff I've read of yours, I think you're a bit of a Trump apologist. You know, you try to explain the why he does, uh, does things or why it isn't necessarily fair the way that uh, people talk about him. But... You know, it works both ways. When I read your stuff, I you know you, you take shots at MSNBC and CNN, and they deserve it. But I don't see anything about Fox. Well, we're probably are probably the worst. Some of my worst. problems about Sean Hannity, and before that, Bill okay. O'Reilly and those people. I, I I have no illusions about them. And when they fired Tucker Carlson, I thought they've lost the plot because Carlson was quote unquote what TV, modern TV, and journalism, not mm-hmm. journalism, but modern TV is all about. And and firing him, I thought was a mistake. But, okay, so. When you talk about the media, so we're not talking about left-wing media. We're talking about all media because right-wing, too. Because from my perspective, and again, I'm a conservative, love Stephen Harper, voted for Mike Harris. To me, the right-wing media is just as bad as the left-wing media, but in an evil way. Um, They've got an agenda, yeah. Absolutely. Go ahead. No, and and, uh, another thing, and again, listen. I haven't read every word you've ever written. I haven't seen a lot about the sexual assault. The man, you know, was convicted, was found liable for sexual assault. And that's where it begins and ends with me. It's like, well, it to me, that makes... But it wasn't a criminal case. It was a civil case. I don't yes. care. He sexually right. assaulted a woman. I don't care about that. Right. He sexually assaulted a woman. And so many other men have been brought down for a lot less. What concerns me is we're losing the decency through... Donald Trump like where again where is the decency if this is okay now uh, if that's okay and fraud's okay and ripping off university students is okay and stealing from your own charity is okay where are we going with all this Bruce well where we're going is we're going to find out that the current president of the United States was selling influence to the Chinese and the Hungarians through his son and his brother for 20 years and that uh, he's, he's a traitor uh, that's what you're going to find. I mean, if, if you look at it, that's what you're going to find. Okay, show me the money. Show me the money. Sure, I'll show. If you if you watch if you watch the congressional hearings, they will show you where the money goes. They will show you the bank accounts. They will show you how the money goes from to the son from mm. the Chinese, then goes to the brother, and then gets distributed to twelve Trump kids. He mm-hmm. was paying his father's rent for freaks. Yeah, and you just said twelve Trump kids. That's a pretty interesting Freudian slip there. Mm-hmm. But, but let's see. If I mean, kids and grandkids, etc. Yeah. So okay. So let, right. let's when when that comes out, we'll see it. In the meantime, mm-hmm. um, and we can listen. We're not we're not going to debate with you about is Joe Biden the guy? He's not the guy, and for a, for a variety of reasons. Yep. But I'm curious about. We've never seen somebody. I, I know it, history says wrong differently, but. Our modern world has never seen somebody like Donald Trump, somebody that is so categorically uh, from every angle, people that know him, people that have worked with him, people that have been dealing with him for years, right. so unfit for the job at hand 
and so disruptive, which, by the way, is not necessarily always a bad thing, as you were saying earlier. I mean, sometimes people are uh, adverse to disruption when, in fact, that's what we actually need. But this kind of disruption that's coming, I'm just curious about that. So how would you explain him? And his, so we get his appeal that he speaks to people in the, in the red states and he has a, a real rah-rah, mega world. He created it, all that. But what about the fact that he's just a really bad guy? Right. Um, I think people don't look at people on TV as good guys or bad guys. They look at them as entertainers. Um, what, I was going to, what I say to people, too, is that, and they're trying to understand MAGA, is that if you're a conservative person... You know exactly what liberals think because you watch TV, you watch movies. Right now, the commercials, it's just one long lecture with, you know, with the, the people, the actors that they're choosing to employ, etc. You live in a liberal world. You have no doubts about what liberals stand for. But if you're a liberal, you unless you go over there and watch uh, uh, Fox TV, you have very little idea of what the dialogue that's going on in, 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 amongst conservatives. That's a fair and point. Conservatives conservatives feel that and they resent that and what was what is trump trump is one of their first guys to take their issue and it was only three or four issues that they grabbed onto it was the border no foreign wars uh, getting hit tough with china and it was trying to stop spending uh, crazy money so he had four issues that the base gave him that nobody in the republican party was going to take on and so here's this guy who i don't really believed any of them but he also understood that if he took those four he'd get elected president and he, yeah. and he did and he was and so they see him as their guy, they see except him the as spending the guy part. Who, who does that. Ex- well, yeah, except the spending. Yeah, he spent part. trillions. Of, I mean, I was going to say, Freddie, before oh, you he could didn't jump do back any in, of those but, things when but, he got but, in. But isn't no, it? No, I know, I know. You're right. You're right. I've you're said right. this a thousand yeah. times on the show. Fred's heard me say it. The irony of Donald Trump is the people that elected him are the ones he's actually not doing shit for. That's yeah. the irony of him. That the actuals, the social programs that they could mostly be benefited by, are not mm-hmm. are not Trump yeah. programs. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. He has, uh, one, of the, one of my favorite people to read is Ann Coulter. And if, if you remember, just, oh, I guess, about 18 months before the election, she was on Bill Maher's show, and, and it was a panel. And everybody was asked at the time to say, well, who was going to be the next president of the United States? And it came to Ann Coulter, and she said Donald Trump. Donald and Trump. everybody laughed. It was mm-hmm. so funny, etc. <laughs> That's right. And, and, but, but Ann Coulter quickly became his biggest critic as soon as he got into office for all the stuff that you talked about. What are you doing about the border? What are you doing about this? What are you doing about that? Now, on one hand, of course, he was spending all of his time fighting uh, fighting uh, impeachment and all those other things. But mm-hmm. on the other hand, he just truly couldn't really run a very good government. He didn't know how to hire good people, all that sort of stuff. So uh, I, I think to a certain extent, that's that's kind of the, the, the story of Donald Trump is that he had the opportunity. And uh, we were comparing the other day, I'm down here with some Americans and we we're talking and I said, in some senses, th- that's how the left felt about Ronald Reagan when Reagan became the president. You remember the Eagles, they were singing songs about that crazy man with the atomic mm-hmm. sword. You know, they're all going crazy. But the smart thing that Reagan did, and Reagan was a smart guy anyhow, but the smart thing he did was he surrounded himself with good people who could get his agenda done. And he didn't have people running to MSNBC or CNN every two minutes saying, you know what he did today? He took two scoops of ice cream or whatever it is they kept talking about. (laughs) Reagan kept a really tight uh, control of his message for those years. And as such, I think a lot of people regard him as one of maybe the top ten presidents of all time. Trump had all that sort of energy going from getting in there 
he surrounded himself with people who, who hated him in many cases, a whole bunch of people who wanted to stab him in the back, and we ended up where we ended up. And and I just can't believe, uh, again, you know, hanging out down here at the pool. There was a guy from, from Long Island, and he, we were talking about it. He said, I just can't believe who I've got to vote for. Yeah. He said, our, no. our city's a shithole, excuse the expression. Our city's a shithole in New York City. The crime is crazy. And no, none of the two people who are, are going to run are going to talk about it. Right. That. Okay, so... I've been in the media for 40 years. Howard has. You know, a lot of mine was information. It was sports, but it's gathering news and looking at both sides and everything. I'm still stuck on what you said a few minutes ago about, like, Joe Biden. Like, recently, you know, I mean, Fox News spent, like, five or six months talking about this FBI informant. They built their, they built all their programming around it. Now it's come out the guy was a fraud. You know, the bribery stuff is bullshit. He made it up. So it, well, that's I not look true. At- that's none of that is none of that is true. Remember, before the last election, we're heading into the last election, and they come up with the laptop. And what happens? You get fifty guys who are in, a part of the part of the bureaucracy. Say Russian disinformation. This is all a plant. And Biden gets elected president. And now, what do we find out? In fact, it was okay. it was exactly what they said. Okay, Bruce, that's not what I'm talking about. Was this FBI informant not just sent to jail for bullshit? That's what I'm talking. Well, no, they're about. holding him. He's okay, not, let, he's not let char- me. He's not accused. Let of, me finish. Let me finish. What I'm saying is when I try to be critical of Biden to the same measure of of Trump, all this stuff pops up. I don't have enough evidence as as not as a journalist, but somebody that's been in the media. I don't have enough weight on that side to even compare him with Trump. So when you talk about all these horrible things about Joe Biden, it's like, well, I haven't seen it yet. All I know is the one guy's a rapist. Basically, he is because the judge, the sitting judge said that he met that meets all the criteria of rape. So it's very hard for me and and all the other, you know, things Trump's done, the fraud and the swindling and the ripping off, uh, you know, tradesmen years ago in New Jersey. Jersey, all those things. I, I I can't balance it at this point. So help I'm, me with I'm that. Surpri- oh, I'm surprised that they haven't had the stories because as a real, real estate guy in New York City, I'm sure he dealt with the mob all the time. I'm, I'm kind of surprised that we have that stories about Donald Trump dealing with the mob because I'm, I'm sure I'm sure he did that. Mm-hmm. I Again, I have no I have I'm not here to make a case that Donald Trump is right. a great human being. I think I've said no, quite I clearly on this show right now mm-hmm. what I think about it. You have. But yep. Joe Biden took his son on Air Force Two to China. To meet these people, they gave him not one, but two diamonds and a car. And they gave him a $10 million contract. And, and to, to, when he came back, there is money, there is, there's possession of stuff. There is, there is, there are bank accounts and stuff. And Fred has come, but the problem is that it's certainly not in Canada. Nobody will touch it in Canada because, of course, everyone hates Trump. But in the United States, it's only a limited number of people are pursuing this. But there's a congressional co- committee that is bringing this stuff out. Great. Yeah, great. great. So, and, and by the way, so they should. Yeah. And by the way, yes. you know, the, again, not the, to go back and forth. And what about what about? But I mean, Jared right. Kushner has a two billion dollar got a two billion dollar check from the Saudis. I mean, the, the, Trump is the only president that left office with his, a, a higher net worth than when he no, came. That's to- not true. Actually, that's not true. If you look at it. 
Uh, Trump went into into all the stuff that you're talking about. Trump was a businessman. All of his business stuff was out there. You knew what he was doing. Joe Biden went into politics with bupkis in his pocket. Yeah, they He's all now do. worth tens of they millions do. of dollars. Yeah, all, How but, did he make that yeah, money? But, but the same How way that the that same money? way that every senator who makes one hundred eighty five thousand is worth yeah, twenty million. I, I agree. We all get I that. Agree. Um, what, listen, what are they doing in the last couple minutes? Because um, they, they're all the thing is they're all dirty. There's no doubt about yeah. it. Um, yeah. Let me let me ask you this though, because we're going to run and we have a client coming up in a couple minutes so i want to get this out of the way so here we are we all agree that both of these for various reasons we all agree that these are not the best choices for america how are they what what do you see well two questions really do you see him getting reelected? and part a of that was is what do you think that's going to do and is there anybody where where are the next generation of choices for them Yeah, because um, I'm a betting guy, I like to, I like to bet long shots, <laughs> and, and I I bet the other day that there will be an emergency that will require the federal election to be delayed. That's that's what I bet bet on. Wow, because, really? Uh, uh, the the odds are very long, but I can sort of see all of a sudden. Oh, you know, the Democrats are sitting there. Wait a minute, this isn't working out very well. Well, COVID comes back. We all get a lockdown again or something. I, I don't know what it would be. Okay. So that's, that was my theory. Uh, right. I, there's nothing that can happen in the short term short of Trump or Biden dying or something along those lines that's going to happen. Uh, he's he's going to be the guy unless something happens and that they take him away. But I, I think the Democratic Party is absolutely mortified that the Biden is going to blow this. Uh, and, and the theory is that uh, that somehow they're going to go to Michelle Obama and say, Michelle, you know, I know you hate politics. You don't want to do this. But you know what? The reason you're in Hyannisport and the reason that you're driving limos and all that sort of stuff is because of us. And here's what we're like in The Godfather. I'm coming to you mm-hmm. for a favor. Mm. That's that's the only thing I can see. I, it's I, because of them and the millions of people who voted for him. You know. Sorry, what? It's not it's not just the Democratic Party that's responsible for their big home and their cars. It was the millions of Americans that voted for him as well. Right, right, mm. but I'm tell- but they were the- he was he was not going to be the Democratic nominee for as a sh- as a raggy pants boy who's doing dope in Hawaii. He he was groomed for the role, and they right. made sure he was the guy. And yeah. I'm not some you know I, if I were no, no, him, I'd, I I'd go with it too. If I may, just uh, my closing comment here would be: um, What scares me? You take Biden; he's too old. Okay, you say he's a crook. You take uh, Trump; he's too old. He's a rapist crook. What concerns me is the people, the administration that will uh, surround Biden, if he's elected, will be a lot nicer than the administration that will surround Trump. Because Trump, it'll all be ball licking sick and revenge and all about revenge, the revenge agenda and all about revenge. And then and I just hope the American public looks at it from that standpoint. It's if it's not these two guys, look who they're going to drag into the White House with them. And Bruce, you know, to to Bruce's point, which I think is a good one. When then when Reagan was elected, he surrounded himself with, you know, the sort of the best and brightest. Mm For the most part, mm-hmm. what what Donald Trump is now, because he's figured out a couple things, which is you got to surround you because he doesn't like all the guys that, you know, all the generals and bar and all these people that have come yeah. back to bite him. He doesn't want yeah. those people anymore. No, he he wants what Freddie wants. Right. The, the ultimate mega ball lickers, Carrie yeah, Lake right. and all that fucking all that group. That's who he wants now. Hey, well, Bruce. And I guess that's what you do. You, you surround yourself with your people. How, however good or bad they are, you surround. He's right. learned that lesson. Bruce, and 
let, let us just say this. I mean, this this was great today. And we often talk about getting people that support Trump. Obviously, you don't necessarily support him on the show. And a lot of people, they won't come on to defend him. Right. And not that you did today. But what you did was come on and give us another side of what we often talk about. Right. Which we appreciate. We, we may not agree with you. In fact, That's a lot fine. of not, cases I don't. Each other. No. Uh, no, I, I, I don't necessarily. remember, Fred, when you came into the yeah. business, and, and Howard, yes. too, yes. when you came into the business, there were guys and women that we worked with who, who, who were people, just ordinary people covering City mm-hmm. Hall, covering the police, etc. The people who are doing media now all come out of journalism schools, and they think they're on some sort of mission. Yes. They, think, they think that it's not journalism anymore. It's they're going to, like, change society, etc., with their stories. And that's another factor which is really really hurt our business. And it's one of the reasons why the mainline business that you and you guys and I mm-hmm. grew up in, it's gone. It's dead. It's over. People don't believe it. They don't want it anymore. So, the, uh, well, listen, yeah. I, I echo Fred's comments. Mm-hmm. Echo, echo. Uh, we'd love to have you back. Love having these conversations. Uh, bright, Anytime. Uh, uh, bright guy. I just I picked out this uh, quote today. I thought you'd find it funny. So there are two types of people in the world. The people who think Trump is looking out for their best interest and the people that think. Yeah. Well. <laughs> All right, my friend. This is this There's is lots now. of good lines about him. Lots the, of good lines you can use. No, I like I the one about the running shoes on the weekend on SNL. Oh, the Trump well, yeah, shoes. absolutely. Yes, the good. yeah, because the black what people black people love the Trump. Hey, uh, this is your when you're back next time. This will be your theme, my friend. Mm-hmm. The killers. Okay, anytime, guys. Not the public broadcaster dot com. Bruce Dobigan. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us yeah, today. Yeah. You, take, you too. Take care. Down, 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 down. Hey, um, we got Mike Kazarian standing by, so why don't you uh, flip a little bow dog my way, and then we'll uh, get to Kaz. Well, I was going to actually talk about the Chambers of Commerce. Oh, I'm sorry. Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Yeah, now 32,000 Canadian businesses part of this hour. That's no, what I was going do it to up. talk about. Go crazy. It's been around for 40 years. If you have a small business, you've thought about a benefits package for your people. You know, it's the smart thing to do. This is what they say at the Chamber Plan. It's the smart thing to do because it's smart for your employees. They will love you for it. All right? Just think about it. A small business, you think, ah, oh, you know, it's too small. We don't have a benefits package. Well, it can be done. And when you bring it into the company, again, it's smart because, you know, your employees will like you for it. You get the idea. Prescriptions and dental and, uh, you know, therapies, travel insurance, a mental health component. They even have a human resources element to it. So, again, that's invaluable. You know, you're stuck. You don't know what to do with a certain employee. You can be schooled on, you know, some solutions. It's the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Get a free quote today at chamberplan.ca. Um, yeah, we got a couple minutes here before Mike. Uh, I'd forgotten how much I like the killers, and I'm uh, fantastic. Very happy with the way that went. That we didn't get into a screaming match because uh, very few people will. And, and, and you know what? He I've forgotten how reasonable and and bright the guy is. Right. I had uh, mm-hmm. I, I read something that I thought was would apply to all of us, you and I, and especially in as as opinionated as we are, and. And, and, you know, we've been asking for some time, hey, but just give us, somebody should come on and explain mm-hmm. what the hell. So I read this, it's a, this a great concept, the idea that perception is, it, it says perception is your interpretation of the world around you. And it's unique only to you. We all have our own perceptions. Perspective, 
perspective, on the other hand, is the art of, of observing the world from outside of yourself and sitting in the shoes of the person opposite of you. Mm-hmm. And, and I wanted, I want, that's what I wanted to get from that. I wanted to feel mm-hmm. help because he's smart enough to do that. Help us with yes. your perspective because yes. we all have our own perceptions and our perceptions are, you know, you and I are a little bit different because they're somewhat colored, not only by our opinions, oh, but, but by the fact that we're trying to be entertaining. We don't always make it, but we are, you and I, our perceptions are elevated to make it a, a funnier bit or to make it a more dramatic bit. Do you know what I mean? Yes. No, I get it. I get it. No, oh, and I appreciate that too. And I, you know, you know, I wasn't sort of satisfied and I'm not to be overly critical, but again, I'm in a bit of a dilemma where I'm trying to balance the two. I'm supposed to see the evilness in Joe Biden to the extent of Donald Trump. I'm sorry. I'm just not there yet. And, and when Bruce, and I, I take a little bit issue, you know, he's, he, he hammers away at the media all the time. But when I read his stuff, I don't see a lot of information from the dark side that maybe should be presented. That's all. Well, and, and but we're I, all guilty of that on some level. Well, and the point you made, and we've had this conversation <clears throat> about how I, I, ha- I have it not just with you, but with my buddy Lumby and my other friends that are sort of a little writer of me <laughs> because I'm. You know, I'm I'm right of center depending on the issue, left of center as well. But right. with Jeff, sometimes, you know, I'm, I I will make that point. Yeah, you because he's like, oh, CNN is fucking bullshit and MSNBC. I go, yeah, for sure, they've all got their mm-hmm. perspectives and their perceptions. Mm-hmm. But the difference is, they will always present. Often, should I shouldn't say always, they very often mm-hmm. present the other side of the story. And as you just said, I don't get the the I don't we don't get the impression that the Democratic agenda is as hurtful and revengeful as the Donald Trump agenda. Listen, we have no skin in the game. If this Joe Biden is the crook that Donald Trump is worse, or he's done enough that he should never be president again or whatever, great. I I just, I need more. I just, I sorry, I need more. (laughs) Because the other guy, a lot of it has been proven, has been documented, charges have been filed. Even recently, they're talking about, you know, this stuff in New York City, the $400 million fine. Well, those laws have been never, haven't been used in 75 years, but they're still fucking laws. Yeah, I know. And I don't care if it's been 75 years. What? Is there something on laws? Well, we haven't used this in 50 years, so let's throw it out. Like, come on. Yeah, I was going to bring that up with uh, Bruce. How, you know, the the whole idea that everyone's out to get Trump. Yeah. I'm so sick of it. And and I also, listen, I don't know if I've said this. I'm sure I've made points around this. I would, nothing would make me happier than if Joe Biden Mm. wasn't the guy running. Somebody else, I, and again, I've mentioned different people I like, Gavin Newsom, uh, Buttigieg, and Buttigieg, whatever. But there's a lot of other people that that should be running for president. And if they were, they like there's a story out yesterday or today, Freddie. Donald Trump is wiping the floor right now in a general election poll with Joe Biden. It, it, it's 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 getting the gulf is getting bigger so they've they've got a problem um anyway mm-hmm. uh we've got a uh we got go ahead make your last point and we have the clients oh no i mean I, I no everything you said it's it's like it's it's scary and it's just to see where we're gonna go and all that uh, my I, don't, client here. I don't know what to say 
I, 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 I really don't, the way it's all unfolding. But if you think America is ugly right now, oh, yeah. let Michelle Obama be the Democratic nominee for president. You want to see how ugly a country will get? <laughs> She'll get elected, but the things that will be say, said about her by the right will curdle your right. blood. Well, the things that, listen, they, all you have to do is go back to uh, 2007, eight. the things that have been mm-hmm. said about the Obamas, uh, mm-hmm. Then and since then, let's go to uh, let's you know what let's take a let's take a pleasant break now from all of this and say hello to a, a, just a, a fine fellow. Let's get him connected here. As soon let's as we take a stroll through Mortgage Land, let's take a Ooh. exactly. Let's get a, a a little bit of a palate cleanser and talk about the world of mortgage renewals and why that's important to Canadians. Michael Gazarian, where are you, Michael Gazarian? Good morning. Can you hear me? Can you hear me, Michael Gazarian? I can hear you, Howard. Mm -hmm. Hello, Fred. Mm. Hello, Mike. Good to see you, buddy. Hang on. Here comes. I can't see you, but I would say good to see you. Why can't you see? Why? Why can't you see? Are you blind? I can can see because I see your beautiful face, Howard. You don't see Fred. I just see just a full screen of Howard. Well, that's weird. Fred's, you know. What's he done? Up there in the, you know, where you can control what you see, maybe. It's fine. All right. Doesn't well, I'm going to put it. I got if the. If you uh, can look at Howard, you don't need to look at me. No. Well. Now I see you. Okay. Let's just, you know, let's get organized, everyone. It's time. There's the Mike Kazarian theme. Lender's Choice Mortgage. The broker owner is with us. It's very exciting when this happens. And uh, I do have a, a, something legal to say here. Mike is the owner and broker, uh, broker owner of Lender's Choice Mortgages, an independently owned and operated member of Mortgage Alliance, license number 13582. It sounds very official for somebody that I golf with most Saturday mornings and some of the silly things we say to one another. In fact, here's the funny thing, Kaz. <laughs> I was going to wait till the season, but I'm now going to put 13582 on all my golf balls. <laughs> I, I love it. So, like when you're like, if you had to throw a ball back to me, you'd be like, "What is this, Howard? Why does it say one three five eight two? I'll tell you why, Kazaru. Hey, Mikey, welcome uh, back to the program. It's uh, all about mortgages. So you uh, you've been telling us uh, that you're getting a hu- some humble and afraid listeners are reaching out to you and having yeah, and having com- and having conversations. What are those conversations like? Um, you know. They're different conversations because everyone has different needs, but uh, like one one is a purchase. So a client's purchasing a new home. They need a mortgage. You know, they went to their own financial institution. They give us a call to see if we can offer them better rates, better terms, better advice. Um, another client had a mortgage renewal. Can we offer better rates? We, we can, you know, than what they were getting. So, um, yeah, they're, they're just shopping around. You know, like everyone's already deals with their current financial institution and they want to get a secondary uh, opinion. So they're giving me a call. It's fantastic. Mike, Mike, what would you say to somebody who goes, oh, I want to do it with a bank because they've been around for years and they're, you know, they're institutions that I can trust. I can't go to a private mortgage company. What would you say to that? Well, can I respond in the same voice that you yes, use? Yes, that voice. Do one of your, do one of your, well, do one of your characters. Well, I would, well, I would say to him like this. I would say, well, we deal with the banks as well. 
you know? Yes. So yeah. I would say, look, we, do, we deal with the banks. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, again, you know, like Howard has said, you know, we don't have any preference to anyone. So mm-hmm. I, we're going to go wherever it makes sense for you. Yes. Um, what if they said in a voice like this, Mike? What if they said, hey, Mikey, can you help us out a little bit? Um, all jokey jokes aside, I, there was a story yesterday that the Bank of Canada, inflation has come down, and the Bank of Canada has, there was a story in the Globe about uh, contemplating next year in 25, possibly starting to look at a rate cut. So I, I was t- using that as when we were talking about lender's choice yesterday. I said, you know, I, I wonder if, what Mike's perspective on this is. And like, if so, so let's say somebody's mortgage is up this year. Here's the scenario. What do you tell them when they call and say, well, listen, if the rate comes down next year, what kind of mortgage should I get? And how should I renew it so that I can take advantages, take advantage of the rate if it falls? It, it, that's a great question. Um, so right now, the Bank of Canada rate is at 5%. Um, the prime rate, what we pay with the bank's charge is 7.2%. That's their prime rate. But the Bank of Canada rate is 5%. The neutral rate that the bank is typically at is anywhere between 25 to 3%. And that's where the Bank of Canada wants to be at once they get inflation down and inflation isn't stuck, right? So... We're going to see rates come down anywhere or possibly could see rates come down anywhere from two to two and a half percent. And National Bank just came out with the report this morning. They're forecasting at two and a half percent. Sorry, they're forecasting one point two five percent rate decrease by the end of 2024. So if somebody has a mortgage coming up for renewal next year. I'd be like, look, sit tight. There's nothing you're going to do with your mortgage right now because you're going to pay a penalty to break it. But what if they're in my in my scenario, though, what if their renewal is this year and and there is a big let's say it's in April and at the end of 24, their rates go down. It goes down even further in 25. Can you help them find the right mortgage so that they can take advantage of it? Yeah, like for a sure. Variable so, rate? You know, we're, we're going to look at a one, two or three year fixed rate or quite possibly now we're going to look at a variable rate mortgage. So depending on the discount that we get on a variable rate mortgage, that might be a great option for a lot of people, because then as the Bank of Canada lowers rates next year in 2020, you know, 2024, 2025, they're going to take, you know, they're going to get advantage uh, of having a lower interest rate. So, um, yeah, I mean, look, if interest rates come down 2% over the next year and a half, two years, and you're in a variable rate mortgage, you're going to benefit. If you're in a four, well, look, I can tell you a lot of people want a four or five year fixed rate. They come to me right now. I'm like, why would you want a four or five year fixed rate? Are you projecting interest rates to come down? And they say, yeah. Well, then why would you want to lock in for for a longer term? Well, some people want the peace of mind. I would right. probably persuade them not to go with a four or five year fixed rate, right? Based on you know their expectation that rates are going to come down. So, um, yeah, that's the discussion that we're going to have. And you know, you know, I think we talked about this before. Everyone has a different risk tolerance. If somebody says to me, "Oh, I can't sleep at night if interest rates are, are going to yeah. go up or down," you know, then a variable rate mortgage is maybe not the best product for you. But uh, that's the thing about the variable rate too. Like over time, over history, it's been a good way to go, hasn't it, for a lot of people? But again, they, you don't have the tolerance for it. You're right. I think uh, historically, the variable yeah. rate has been about half a point better than the fixed rates. 
Yeah. My mother-in-law was like that. She always went variable, and it was proven to her over the length of her mortgages that, yeah. And how did she sound? Worked to her benefit. How would she sound when she was talking about her baby? She said, Freddie. Freddie. <laughs> get the variable rate, Freddie. Yeah. Yeah, she would. Um, yeah. Mike, when, when, <laughs> if somebody's got a renewal, like, and we had talked about this uh, last month about how there's millions of Canadians mortgages coming uh, to coming to do this this year and next year. And now with this news that there could be finally an easing of this rate, is a is a one year? I'm, this is I'm, I, a one year rates like the the lower the the term, the higher the rate. Is that how it works? It is right now, yeah. So yeah, so like on a one year fixed rate, you're you're paying over seven percent. These are mm-hmm. like I'm just quoting the posted rates. Mm-hmm. Like TD Bank is seven point zero six, seven point zero three percent on a one year, six point four seven percent on a two year. And five point nine six percent on a three year. Those are just the poster rates in a thirty year amortization. But you can see you're paying a premium for a one year, about a half a point right. compared to a two year, and another half a point compared to a three year. So might you have a conversation with someone and say, "Listen, let's just we'll, we'll we'll bite the bullet a little bit on the rate in this one year fixed, if that makes you comfortable." And then when things do uh, start to come down, you're at least sometime in the middle of next year, you'll be able to take advantage of that. Yeah, but then that opens the question to why not consider a variable rate mortgage? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well that's why they need people like you, Mike. That's right. Yeah. Like, you look, know, guys. No. <laughs> needs to be explained. Mike. So, uh, like, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you sorry. go. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, so like, uh, you know, three clients, just examples of conversations I've had this week. And, and most people, the very first question is, what's your best rate? And it's such a loaded question because, mm-hmm. like, what's your goal? Like, are you planning on staying in that property for one, two, three, four, five years? Are you planning on moving? Are you planning on moving up? Are you planning on selling? Like, what is your goal? So, like, I really need to understand, like, what your goal is before I can tell you what the best rate is. Because, you know, the best rate I'm going to tell you is a five-year fixed rate. Do you want to go into a five-year fixed rate with interest rates coming down? So that's one thing people ask me. Um, another one um, this week, I had a client who has a variable rate mortgage at prime minus 0.25%. Well, we can get a considerably better rate on that mortgage right now. Their penalty to break their mortgage is going to be about $10,000. After building in the penalty, we're going to save the client over well almost $9,500. So right. does it make sense for them to break their mortgage? A hundred percent it does. So And what's the third these scenario? Are conversations yeah. you need to have. Okay. Sure. Well and, and that's why it's not just as cut and dry as give me your best rate. Uh, that's why the conversation has to happen. Uh, with Mike Kazarian. Uh, as you can tell, he's uh, he seems to know his stuff. I mean, I've known him for years. I had no idea this was uh, the level. I had no idea when I was when I was sealing your fries that this was the level of mortgage acumen that you were possessing. And completely taking me by surprise. So I'm very excited. Thank you, thank you, Howard. Um, was that ch- a compliment? Yeah, it was. <laughs> I don't think he took it as a compliment. Um, <laughs> I was Mike, gonna say, first, first minute I met you, Mike, I knew you were brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is thank all. You, listen, uh, mostly our, our our conversations are so filled with nonsense. But here is the the real deal. Uh, Kazarian is the owner of Lenders Choice Mortgage. More, more more information. Just go to LendersChoice.ca and uh, get an appointment with Mike. Even if it's just listen, if your mortgage is due next year, start now and find the uh, pathway to a uh, a better future for you and your for you and your family. How's that sound? 
That was sweet, Howard. Thank you, my friend. That was friend. really sweet. Hey, Kaz, thank you very much. Yes. Thank you, guys. Take it easy, Mike. Hey, uh, Mike. Hey, have a great day. Mike, I will. Uh, I, I want to give you a call later because I got to tell you, I made three birdies in a row yesterday. Three in a row. Three. One, did they have 13582 on the golf ball? Make sure you that, get that, that on there. I'm, I'm going to start doing it. Um, all right, Casaru. Right. Lenders Choice. Thanks, Thanks, Mikey. See you, Mike. Bye-bye. Look, look at Kaz playing along with our nonsense. Did I miss something? What was all that number on the golf ball thing? Because it's the legal. I, well, I do it every time because because of the mortgage whatever um, regulations. I have to say that little legal thing. Oh, Mike is an owner right. and and he's an owner operator member of Mortgage Alliance. The license is one three five eight two. Okay. So I'm going to start putting that. I was going to put it on the, on the ball so that he would be like, what are you doing? Because you know, everyone, we all mark our balls differently so you know which one is yours, right? right? You, know what, cool. you, you, know, yeah. you know, he marks his golf ball. And um, we have a, a buddy that order, he, like, we can all order them from the same guy. So his his balls are all, all say Kaz on them, K-A-Z. So uh, his golf balls, by the way, not his actual balls. I don't know how he marks mm-hmm. those. Oh, no. Yes. No. Of, of course. Yes. Yeah, I don't know how. I don't know what those are marked with. Anyway, so that's why I said. And Rand's balls have a map of the world on them. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's right. One of his balls is the is the Earth, and the other balls is the universe. <laughs> where, where is where is Dan Duran while this happiness is going on? Come on, Dan. Come on back, my little brother. <laughs> Donald Trump has a favorable. Check this out. A favorability rating. Hmm. Um. Six, 11 points right now. He's boasting a six point lead over Biden, but he out favorables him by 11 percent. Who who are these people? Who are them? You know, those polls, again, they've been wrong before. And, you know, it's not out of the norm that the incumbent to be trailing at this point, blah, 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 blah. The one theory I've heard, there's a lot of women who live in Republican homes that aren't saying a word to anybody. Yeah. The election uh, night, they're going to vote on abortion. The suburban moms. Yeah. Suburban moms. They live in it. You know what I mean? They don't really comment on politics. If they're asked, they're noncommittal on Mm -hmm. who they might vote for. And then they're just sitting in the weeds over this uh, abortion situation and now in vitro and stuff. Yeah, the IVF thing. Talk, talk about shooting yourself in the head, eh? Wow. Um, speaking of women, I was going to play this for Bruce, but it never, uh, it didn't seem to be a, a good spot. Here are, uh, this was at a uh, conference recently where three very smart, very intelligent women that were part of the Trump White House were speaking uh, at this conference. And here's a 40 second clip of a uh, woman. They got to be probably in her late 30s, early 40s, talking about uh, what it was like working there. What I want to tell you as somebody who knew him very well and spent a lot of time with him is the worst things you have heard are only scratching the surface. This mm-hmm. is an unprecedented moment that we are in. There has never been, now granted, we're some of the more vocal former Trump staffers. But he has been denounced by all of his most senior staff, something we've never seen in modern American history before. Yep. Multiple White House chiefs of staff, multiple secretaries mm-hmm. of defense, his former national security advisor, his former White House communications director, um, people who saw him in the most 
important decision-making environments have spoken the, to the fact that he is unfit and that he poses a threat to democracy. And, and people need to wake up to that. And mm-hmm. that sort of goes to your point or our point now about, mm-hmm. let's say Joe Biden, he's not, but let's say he's as big a crook as, as Trump. And, mm-hmm. and all of that aside, but what he doesn't have is all of that around him. You haven't heard right. people working in the Joe Biden White House saying he's unfit. Say what you want about politicians, and I'm not excusing if he's screwed around him and made millions on the side, but all of them have. So, yes. and, and Trump's the worst that's ever been. But there's not people walking around saying Joe Biden's White House was a clown fucking show. Right. But see, even when I brought that up about the FBI informant, he's right in jail right now. Bruce immediately took it over to the... Didn't right, really yeah. address it. Took it over. Well, that's not true. Well, yes, it is true. It's right there. The man is in jail. But, yeah. Um, yeah, that's another thing people have to think about. You know, who will be in that White House? Because he won't... As you said, he won't make the same mistake with these people. Anybody he brings into that White House will be a ball-licking sycophant. They will never turn on him um, until he turns on them, I guess, which often well, yeah, happens. Often happens. And, but, you know, Joe Biden, for better or worse, being a lifelong politician, mm-hmm. understood and understands in his dimension, demented state, let's say, but the people mm-hmm. around him, understand the way the world works from a geopolitical standpoint. They're not yeah. running around talking about mm-hmm. leaving NATO. So that's, mm-hmm. again, you know, it's, it's all the same point that those, those women yeah. speaking that conference, they know they were in that White House. They know it was crazy. Right? No, I know. And there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. Another thing, too, about, you know, no wars during Donald Trump because he was so busy licking again here. I'm using the term again. Ball licking their balls. Putin, North the little Korea. Korean creep, yeah, yeah. the Chinese president. Like, meanwhile, they're plotting against him. They're thinking, OK, yeah, we're going to be chums with this guy. Meanwhile, that's probably when the worst shit is happening behind the scenes when he thinks they're he's their friend yeah those guys loved mm-hmm. him so much because he was he was not their political equal mm-hmm. they don't want mm-hmm. a joke forget again forget joe biden the person but the joe biden administration they don't want that because those guys understand how the world works uh, as yeah. does our uh, esteemed colleague uh, donald uh, duran uh, duran yes. Duran, sucking on it, sucking, sucking on, it. on it. You know that that uh, Biden's only like three and a half years older than than Trump. Oh yeah, yeah. It's not. Oh yeah. Not, no, there's not a huge way uh, age difference there. Yeah, but you know what? I I will to be. I know what your point is, but to be fair, the difference between a 77 year old and an 80 year old isn't just three years. There's an exponential gulf of, you know. You, you, you're an old. You're getting those are. You're getting much older than just three three years. Yeah, and even beyond that, the two men, as far as in the moment, Trump does seem a lot sharper than he does. He's crazy. Trump's crazy. Yeah, he's, he's full nuts. of shit. He's yeah, evil. But you know what? He's sharper. 
And this is, you know, another thing Bruce was talking about, you know, delaying the election. I think that's a bit of a stretch, but um, they're concerned about any, any kind of a debate. Like Trump skipping debates during the primaries is the best thing to happen to the Democrats because they could come back and say, you know what, Joe yeah. Biden's not going to debate you. Yeah, <laughs> because I'm not sure you want to see that. I was listening to a smart guy panel that said the exact same thing. One of the Sunday morning shows they were talking about, you know, should and was, by the way, smart women too. Uh, mm-hmm. that Biden shouldn't debate him because mm-hmm. all all. And then some people thought he should because Joe can do that. Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> do that old thing. Come on, man. But uh, Trump just it, it would benefit Trump more. Because he'd be yelling his crazy nonsensical shit oh, yeah. at, a, at, a, bully him. at a different clip than Joe Biden can. Yes. Uh, Danny. Yes. No, Dan yeah. Duran. Mm, yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, did you hear that there's a there's a politician in the States who's against the uh, what are impeachment uh, thing that was going on uh, down there? But he, he's a leaving uh, uh, GOP or but he thinks that. Uh, that Camilla Harris should uh, invoke whatever article of yes, article twenty five, to, yeah, to get rid of to get rid of Trump and then take it over, <laughs> get rid of Biden, <laughs> get, oh, rid yeah, of Biden. get rid of yeah, Biden, yeah. And take it over. Well, yeah. that's just, that's the same thing they yeah. were saying in between uh, uh, around the time of the insurrection that should they invoke uh, Article twenty five, the un, the president is unfit. But why mm-hmm. I was saying your name, Dan, is I need to play a commercial. Mm. So please, uh, we'll come uh, back we'll to stop that. Talking. No, no, yeah. just we'll come back to yeah. that in a second. But first, mm. this important message. Feeling caught in a neutral zone? <sighs> when things start to go offside, you know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at bodog.net. Check out the latest sports odds and get free tips to help you score this hockey season. Visit BoDog.net today. Hashtag make a play. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, Fred, do you still have uh, some BoDog uh, information? Yes, I do. Uh, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, BoDog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book. They've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Your Toronto Maple Leafs, seven wins in a row, host the Stanley Cup champion, Vegas Golden Knights tonight <laughs> so at the Scotia Bank Arena in Toronto and uh, Toronto and um, <laughs> so weird. What the Vegas Golden Knights are uh, the, Stanley the Stanley Cup? Cup Come on, you're making that uh, up. Keeps me up at night. It does. Anyway, uh, Leafs the favorite tonight. Slight uh, minus one ten on that game for your Toronto Maple Leafs. Toronto. Okay. Hold and up. and now, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. This uh, important message from Dan Duran. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchorman. His voice is nice and low. Dan Duran. Dan Duran, the anchorman comes as for credentials, he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchor he's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. And now, ladies and gentlemen, live from the matrimonial home of the Durans of Peterborough, here is movie actor, television series star, and occasional 
talk show sidekick, Daniel J. Daniel Daniel J. Gebert, Durango. AI for good and bad for bed bugs. Spotta is a has got a it's that's what it's called. It's a bed bug detection system, size of a deck of cards. And uh, is going into hotels now, and it's being installed under hotel mattresses. You know how you've heard a lot about bed bugs. How you you know Paris or France has been full of bed bugs or some. Anyway, they've got a new system. It's an image sensor that detects any little bug that's uh, walking around underneath a bed, and uh, it emails the hotel management uh, with a photo if it does spot. A bed bug. Now, apparently, if you know you're actually seeing bed bugs in a room, it's a little too late. You got to get into the uh, into the you know pesticides and all that. But if you get it a little bit earlier, then you're not going down the uh, you know the toxic wasteland road mm-hmm. and maybe be able to solve the problem early on. And Dan, when I've you been were around, home, yeah, bugs. I was going to say, Dan, in the when you were a boy. In the 1800s. Did yeah. you, mm-hmm. uh, when... Yeah. On straw beds. Yeah, <laughs> when I was right. on straw beds. When yeah. you were sleeping on straw beds as a young boy in the 1800s in a stable, <laughs> were there, were the bed bugs, how did they get rid of the bed bugs then before AI? We shot them. <laughs> we shot them. They were that big. Oh, yeah. Well, the the we bed bugs them. were the size yeah. of small dogs. Yeah. That's why they said, don't let the bed bugs bite. Fuckers, because we can, you know, because we had to load the muskets all the time. So, yeah, is that what you call it, Dan? When you is that what you call it when you get ready for? (laughs) Hey, Dan, Dan's musket is loaded. Yeah, that's the euphemism. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, bed bugs. Yeah, can't imagine. Is it? Does doll worry about that when you travel? It seems like a person that would. She look under the mattress and all that, and is examining sheets and things. Uh, I would imagine. Yeah. I, I think she does a lot of that stuff without me even knowing, but I would assume, yes. Down here, I got a little bit of a heat rash on my chest, and it was all these little dots just on my chest, not on my back. Oh, attractive. And she noticed that. Part of me. I said no, attractive, no. very attractive. I'm just fucking mm. disgusting. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I am. So, anyway, continue. I'm this, Mr. Just this Bedbug. Thing that I, just this thing that exists. Anyway. That's right. You're there. Um, you're there. You're, you're just there to finish the food. The food that doll can't eat. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Don't don't give, don't give me the rest of your. What's that thing called? The good. The, Fucking King Kong shit. What is it called? Godzilla. Godzilla. Doll. Godzilla, Let me, yeah. Doll. Are you finished eating the Godzilla? <laughs> so, anyway, immediately it's through my mind. I'm going, oh, God, is this bed bugs? Fuck. I don't want this to be bed bugs because it'll, you know, upset the whole trip and time we're here. But she didn't have them, so obviously it wasn't. And it wasn't on my back, so we determined it was a. A heat rush, which I've never had before, but I had a little. Uh, believe me, the thought of bed bugs went through my head. Oh I'm my thinking, god! Oh, no, I had a my world will come to an end. I had a heat rush a couple weeks ago. Same thing, just a couple. Did little, you? Yeah, just on my on my chest. Uh, Randy Glassman, ex-wife Randy. When our kids were little, we went through a head lice a- a- episode right. that was yeah. fucking wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very upsetting to the home. Oh, yeah. And I remember how she reacted. Did you guys ever yeah. go through that? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Did you guys, Dan? You guys with Colton? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, oh, yeah, we were like on 
fucking knit patrol. We had the head lice people come to the house, and it was like it was really. And Randy was not to be too serious, but I just remember her being very, very upset about it. Oh, I guess. And we were spending days combing through the girls' hair, and then one another, and then. Even once we'd been, you know, pronounced lice-free, I still used to get the odd, like, itchy thinking, oh, shit, are they back? Because once they're in, you're, you know, you're, you're dealing with it for a while. But Lots we never had dryers the and washing things, and and all of it, and then, high heat, and then yeah, and then getting the quillada cream or whatever, whatever they're called. Did, uh, I know so that's crap. Got Sorry. them up there too. Um, yeah, some kid in his class ended up with him. So then everybody yeah. in the class was notified, and so we had to go through all that, and we hired some person yeah. to come in because I I just couldn't I didn't have the yeah. patience for. Yeah, you got to hire people. You got to hire the lice yeah, people. You people man. who know what it, you don't know what you're looking for to begin with. The lice patrol, and, uh, and it's really really just aggravating to do oh, yeah. I mean, you know, and, the, and that's part of the and that's part of the ordeal you identify the filthy little fucker at the school that spread it yeah yeah, yeah and then what do you do parents you dirty pricks yeah. and then you find out it's your kid oops <laughs> <laughs> just one well I can t- I don't listen I don't know what it was like with little a little boy but I can tell you little girls and their mother it was a very really emotional time I'm telling you it was Oh, you know, Very I just, I don't know how Doll would have dealt with that. You know, fine, I guess, because she deals with things better than I do. No, yeah. doesn't lose would, her mind and she punch would, walls. And <laughs> she would, yeah, she would have dealt with it fine. You guys would have gotten lice and burned your fucking house down. That's what he would have done. Right. I mean, I was this close to shaving his whole head off. Oh, yeah. It was like, oh, yeah. It's like, hey, let's just do this. And, you know, let's not, you know, it seems like a lot less of a hassle to just get rid of all his Never. hair and start over again. Yeah. He'll be fine. Oh, right. Yeah, that would have been nice for the kid. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see what his noodle yeah. looked like. Yeah, that was not an option for my uh, young uh, daughters when they were six and nine. Whatever age it was. Uh, tomorrow on the show, uh, of course, Dan Duran will be joining us with his perspective. Always great. Mm-hmm. Dan Carla Collins is getting up early. Dan Duran, your old co-host from uh, E! Now, e- back, now. In, the day, back yeah. in the day when yeah. you guys were famous television presenters. Yeah. So she is she in Los Angeles or something still? Or we're down I believe she is going to be uh, getting up early and talking to us from Los Angeles, uh, mm-hmm. California. And they mm. would be fantastic. She's a wonderful person and very funny. Yep. She's got a very, very large brain, that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, She's like it, almost a photographic memory. I was going to say, she has. A, she had definitely has, a, we've talked about that with her. She has a, uh, a photographic memory and, and a, an unbelievable ability to recall material. Which I've always been very envious of because I do, I do, I'm the opposite. I have to, if I was gonna, I have to relearn it every time I perform where she can just recall her stuff. It's, and she can do hours and hours of it. It's quite something. So that's that be torture. So, in some ways, because you never forget stuff. You'd be trying to forget things, right? Because you remember everything. Well, humble and Fred, so, how? Go ahead, Fred. <laughs> she's still living in Los Angeles. Didn't I think I so. Yeah. I I thought she had moved back. Uh, well, we'll find out tomorrow. Maybe I'm mixing her up with some uh, other starlet. So Fred and I have a photographic memory for everyone that's ever wronged us. <laughs> We've got that kind of memory. Oh, don't you dare wrong us. We'll remember. Uh, if you do want uh, Spencer tickets, Spencer Glassman, Child Star, March 7th, speaking of stand-up. It's actually sketch, but you can see her in action. We'll have a couple pairs of tickets. Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. And then on uh, Thursday, if uh, anyone wants the tickets, 
uh, we will give them to you. In the meantime, no, hang on, that's I got to start that again. All right. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Here we go. Very Dan smooth. Ray. Very smooth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because we, so we, no, we started off so rocky. Let's try. And, <laughs> why don't you Why don't you start this with every goddamn day? <laughs> okay. All right. Here we go. Every goddamn day, this episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, Bodog, Kelsey's, and Lender's Choice Mortgages. For contests and comments, you know the email address, Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com, HumbleandFred, HumbleandFredRadio.com. So tell us what you think. We do want to know your perspective on things. And you can help us out by subscribing, maybe sharing an episode, rating the podcast as well. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, you can binge watch all 48 Tarzan movies. Tarzan and the Slave Girl is Howard's favorite. And the Johnny Weissmuller classic that Fred loves, Tarzan and the Mermaids. Watch and learn. And enjoy every George damn day. Just clap your hands. Where's that?